intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Knowledge Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. With me, as always, is the co-host with the most, Jive Turkey Nano. How we doing, Nano? We're doing great, brother. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to you all tuning in. Appreciate you. Great to see you. We're rocking and rolling, baby. I'm excited, man. We had a week off. It's like, uh, man, I got a little extra energy today, man. We had two weeks worth of excitement. Two weeks worth of fights to break down. All is well, brother. Ready to dive on in with you, baby. You and me both, brother. Let's get right on into it. Uh, so obviously with UFC 297 in the books, we are here to talk about one thing and one thing only, folks. We're here to talk about Roman Delize versus Nasruddin Amivov. Um, Imovov. Jesus Christ, how bad could I have said that? Oh, sorry. This name's going to test you. We got to make sure our, uh, we did our exercises because there are some names on this card. <laughs> I really should have got a uh, I really should got a sound bite to correct myself with that. Let's rewind a bit. All right, so Nasruddin Imovov versus Roman Delize. Should be a really great fight. Uh, there's also a lot of other really great fights on this one. I believe it's UFC Vegas 85. It's hard to keep up with these UFC Vegas cards that are happening at the Apex. But I digress. Here we are, folks. And uh, it's on to the next one. Uh, so with that being said, we have a laundry list of canceled belts. If you actually scroll through the card, folks, the canceled belts could make up their own card between these fighters. Um I, I was going to go through them all, but honestly, it would take up too long. So I'm not going to. Uh, but but just know that we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight canceled belts to make this card happen. A um, lot of rescheduling, a lot of short notice step ups. And um, we're going to go over a couple of those short notice step ups for, for sure here. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into the bottom of the card. We got Thomas Peterson coming in against Jamal Pogues. Nano, what are your thoughts on this one? Man, I'm thinking we have a couple of heavyweights leading off the card. I mean, it's nothing going to be bangers, right? You're going to see a lot of fireworks this first fight. Uh, we got Thomas Peterson coming in, 28 years old, 8-1, and one, 7 KOs behind those 8 wins, man. I think you know what he likes to do, and uh, that's going to be come in there and put his, put his paws on you and try to get you out of there. Uh, he also has one submission as well. That is one of 100% finish rate. Uh, Thomas is a savage, man. He's certainly a heavyweight when you look at him. He fills his frame out well, has those heavy hands. 
uh, and he is coming off a win from the Dana White Contender Series. It was actually a key lock submission as a heavyweight. You find that'd be very impressive. Whereas Mad Max, when you need him, but a key lock submission, ladies and gents, is a fun one, a tricky one, <laughs> and one that takes a lot of savviness. So for a heavyweight to be throwing that up, you got to appreciate it. Uh, and he is going in here against a Jamal Poguez, uh, 28 years old as well, 10 and 4 record, 4 KOs, 5 decisions. Uh, the man's well versed in the heavyweight division, also coming off a win from his Dane White contender series back in August of 2022. He has gone one on one since then in the UFC. So we're going to have to wait and see, ladies and gents. So what is he made of? They're both coming off that Dane White contender series. Um, I do think I like what I'm seeing from my guy, Thomas Peterson, here. And that is where Vegas is leaning as well. So I'm probably going to end up stay, stick in that direction. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts, brother, on this first night, uh, first fight of the fight night here in the Apex Center. Well, I got to say, first and foremost, my guy, that was a hell of a fucking breakdown. Tough act to follow, my guy. Starting off with a bang. I didn't know if you were even going to have anything set up for that fight, but I digress. You were ready to go. Let's get it, folks. Nano, obviously, the uh, the, the week layoff did you well. Absolutely, brother. I've also been caught with my pants down before, so not this year. Not today, Junior. Let's let's go, baby. Let's go. So, um, with that being said, folks... Thomas the Train Peterson, uh, not to be outdone by my co-host here, who obviously had a fantastic breakdown. Uh, again, got to applaud the guy. Give give props where they're due. There is one thing that I think you may have not mentioned here, so I will take my glory where I can, and that's the fact that he only has one loss in his professional mixed martial arts career, and that loss came from Waldo Cortez Acosta. That name might sound a little bit familiar for you because Waldo Salsa Boy Cortez Acosta um, he's a fantastic fighter in his own right. And, and the reason you might've heard of him is because he's four and one in the UFC folks. So though Thomas, the train Peterson might be making his UFC debut. He's fought with folks that have wins over the likes of Andre Arlovsky, Chase Sherman, Jared Vandera, the list goes on. So the man has fought kind of a litmus test in Waldo Cortez Acosta. Granted, he got knocked out. But again, there was seven seconds left in that fight. It was four minutes and 53 seconds into the very into the third round, the very last round. So that tells me that realistically, the guy can just about go three rounds. Um, so I don't think he'll need to against Jamal Pogues. If I had to put money on this one, my money would definitely be on Thomas Peterson. Um but it's tough because, I mean, the odds on this one, what are the odds on this one? Let's take a look. Because uh, I know last time I looked, the odds were shifting quite a bit. They're actually not terrible. They're actually not terrible. He's sitting at minus 166 right now. It's not a terrible money line bet, in my opinion. No, it's close. And you're going to see these odds are very tight this uh, this fight night, ladies and gents. Very tight fights, which you love to see. That means they're going to be competitive. But that makes our job a little bit harder for you. I am liking those odds, though, to start here. I will admit. 100%. I'm going to keep my eyes on that one. Uh, might have to add that one to either a straight bet or or possibly a small parlay off to the side here. Uh, moving into the next one. Again, pretty exciting fight, in my opinion. We got Landon Quinones coming in against Markel Medeiros. Nano, do you have a favorite in this fight? Oh, man. I mean, I... 
Yes and no. I feel most familiar and comfortable with Landon Quinones. Quinones, excuse me, trying to get that teal day down. Um, you know, we've seen him most recently. He is coming off that loss to Nasra Octoparas, who has proven to be a Dow. So I don't want to put that against him too much because it was a hard fought, uh, hard fought loss. Uh, but Nasra, like I mentioned, he's swinging a hot bat right now. So can't completely hold that against him. I think uh, Landon does have all the skills needed to find a path to victory here. But he does have a tough outing against Markel Medeiros, 27 years old, 8-1 and one with six KOs under his belt. Also coming off a win from the Dana White Contender Series against Isa Isakov. It was a walk-off knee to the dome. It was very impressive. He's very slick on his feet. He tends to give a, give a lot of pump bakes, give you a lot of hesitations, try to keep you busy and not you know keep you on, on your toes uh, before he actually deploys his strikes. And when he does, he's laser accurate. Uh, and man, I mean, again, this is a toss up. I, I'm probably gonna, probably gonna lean Markel. I think I talked myself into this to lean that direction just because I like the variety of striking and the, for, uh, the, f how ferocious he is as a striker as well. Uh, he is the favorite at this point. So I don't know if I like Landon Quinones as a dog in this kind of style matchup, unfortunately. What are you thinking, brother? Well, that was a fantastic breakdown from the Jive Turkey himself, folks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like everything you said. Like, even though, like, you know, my mind's telling me yes. Um, my heart. My heart's telling me no, man. Um, my heart's telling me to go a different direction with this. Look, I, I'm just going to call out the obvious here. Um, Markel Medeiros is the favorite for a very obvious reason. He's 8-1. and one. He, uh, he does have more wins and less losses. I mean, that's the obvious trope there, right? Uh, but Landon, the lone wolf, Quinones, even though he's 7-2-1, and one, um, in my opinion, he's proven himself out there. He's fought Jason Knight and Nasrat Hopcross. Like, those two alone, come on. Those guys are both just freaking Louisville sluggers. Uh, so I absolutely love this fight. I think it has fireworks written all over it. Uh, though it might end up being kind of bottle rocket style fireworks, if you know what I mean, where it's going to be quick and exciting. Might not last super long, but my goodness, while it does, we are going to have a great time, folks. It's going to be very sparkly. It's going to be very shiny. And it's going to be very exciting. Um, so I know you're leaning Markel Medeiros. We'll put a good shot on that one for sure, because I'm leaning with Landon, the lone wolf, Quinones, simply because biggest loss in the UFC was to Nasrat Hopcross. Uh, and... The dude is an absolute beast, right? I, I just think that he comes out there, he gets it done, he's got something to prove, and uh, I, I think he's able to prove it. Also, if you look, um, you know, back at these folks' full careers, they both had a hell of a run in, in amateurs as well. Like, unlike many fighters that have one or two fights in amateurs, these guys actually had a decent little career in amateurs. Um, both almost 50-50 with their win-loss ratio in the amateurs. But again, looking at if it goes to decision, both of these guys are kind of iffy if it goes to decision, right? So they're both going to look to finish the fight early. I think the, the bet to take on this one might be the under 2.5. I don't know what the odds on that one are. I'm not, I'm not seeing odds pop up for me on DraftKings right now. Um, but if those odds do pop up, I don't know, maybe take those, maybe jump on those. 
Otherwise, I'm seeing that Landon Canones for the shots. Yeah, that's a solid pick, brother. We will. Someone will be drinking this stuff coming Saturday or next week. But uh, I, I do see an under 2.5 at minus 120. So that's okay. uh, decent odds. That's that's the one that I would take. Safe. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and mark that one down for sure. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, the under on that one I think is probably safer money just because both these guys are going to go out there and really try and finish. Um and again, virtually identical, 28 years old to 27 years old, a half inch reach difference between the two of them. And they're the same exact height. So I think both these guys are going to look to finish, whether it's on the feet or on the ground. And uh, I'm leaning landing Quinones. I just call it a hunch, man. Call it what you want, but I like it. And in the next one, in the next one, folks, we have. I actually, you know what? I, I'll break it down first, but I want to have you say the names. <laughs> All right. Introducing the next fight. We have Luana Carolina versus Julija Stoliarenko. My guy, what a stud. <laughs> Take it away, Abby Manali. <laughs> you love to see it, baby. That was fantastic. Um, I, th- I thought he might choke up on Stoliarenko there for a minute, but uh, man, he stole our he stole our hearts. If you know what I'm saying with that shit, that was fantastic. Um, as always, you know you can bank on the bad jokes here. So, jumping into this one, we have as Nano said so so elegantly, Luana Carolina coming in against Julia Stoliarenko, and again. Pretty much virtually identical here. We have, well, other than the three-inch reach advantage for Luana Carolina, these folks are both 30 years old. Um, There's a one-inch difference in the height. And again, like the the reach, I don't really think is going to play that much of a factor in this fight, if I'm being completely honest with you guys, because Luana doesn't really fight long, if if that makes sense. Um, She's not like uh, Conor McGregor, where she's bouncing in and out, fighting sideways. And also, Julius, she, she manages distance very well, in my opinion. So, I know looking at an 11-7 and seven record isn't necessarily the, the most sexy thing in the world, but you know what? She's a fantastic fighter. She's got 10 submission wins under her belt, uh, and I think that says something when you have 11 wins. <laughs> so, she's probably going to come out there and look for the submission win. And again... This woman competed on the Ultimate Fighter season 28. She fought a who's who on there. She fought Panny Kinzad, who is an absolute monster. Uh, and then now, fast forward, she didn't win the Ultimate Fighter. After that, she went to Celtic Gladiator. Then she went to Leithway in Japan, you know, where headbutts are fucking legal. Then she went to King of Kings. Then she went to Invicta. And then she made her way back to the UFC. She uh, ended up stringing together three losses back to back to back to Yana, Yana Santos, uh, Julia Avila, and Alexis Davis. And then she beat Julia, uh, sorry, Jessica Rose Clark. And she also got a win recently, you might remember, over Molly McCann. Uh, I know her last name is Stolyarenko, but she stole her arm, Molly McCann, uh, with that arm bar. It was fantastic. Again. Here all week, folks. Uh, actually, I'm not. I'm leaving town tomorrow. 
Um, that was a lie. So, anyways, I think Julius Solyarenko is going to go out there and probably do something very similar to Luana Carolina. Why do I feel this way? You might ask yourself. Well, because the woman standing across from her again doesn't manage distance as well as she's going to need to in this fight. Um, even though she has the three-inch reach advantage, she only has three finishes of her nine wins. The other six came by way of decision, and I simply think that if it does go to decision, it's going to be tough for her to grind it out over someone like Julia Solyarenko. I, I just think that she is... Like, I mean, the last decision that Julia Solyarenko lost was to... Uh, let's see here. Alexis Davis, who, again, is a very grindy fighter, in my opinion. And... I don't know, man. I just feel like Luana Carolina. She has losses to Molly McCann, uh, Ariane Lipsky, which that one has definitely aged very, very well. Ariane Lipsky has looked super, super great since then. Um, but I mean, I don't think she's really been tested that much. The win over Lupita Godinez is lo and behold, the, the biggest win on her record, obviously. Um, and that one was a decision win. So, that is impressive, right? A little bit contradictory there. But again, I think the longer this fight goes, even though she has that win over a name like Lupita Godinez, Lupi, um, I think it still plays in Julia Storyrenko's favor just because I truly feel like she will be able to get a submission on her, um, whether it's in the first round very early or late in the last round. But as a betting man, I'd probably take the earlier odds. A lot of her finishes came in the very first round. Some of them even in the, uh, let's see, I think in the very first, like 20 seconds. Yeah, she had a 20-second armbar over Miriam Tetunashvili. Tetunashvili. That's a very fun name to say. Um, sorry, folks. Nano is dealing with some technical difficulties here. Let's see here. And welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show, folks. It's just me. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the technical difficulties here, guys. Nano will be back very, very soon uh, when he does. I will definitely let him jump into his breakdown of Luana Carolina versus Julia Solyarenko. Um, until then, if you are in the chat and you have an opinion on this fight, please let me know who you have winning and how you have them getting it done. And until Nano gets back, on two. yes. Can there you hear me? Is. Oh yes. my gosh! Hard drop moment, ladies and gents. I accidentally unplugged a cord, and all all things went south. But you know what? We're back, baby. Appreciate <laughs> MMA Anomaly's uh, ability to roll with the punches, Philly Shell style. Come on, I like it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, to, to fill up the space here. I mean, this is a tough fight, ladies and gents. We have Luana Carolina coming in, thirty years old, nine and four record. And it, and it feels like both fighters have a bit of an up and down uh, career thus far, uh, uh, up and down record in the UFC. Luana's coming in five and three since her debut in the Dana White series, uh, Dana White Contender Series back from in 2018. An older alumnus of the show, uh, but then we have Julia coming in at two and four since entering the UFC talent pool. But she does have those ten subs as well, right? She is a specialist, so. Does she have what it takes to be able to stand and bang with the Luana Carolina? Can she use that range? Can she use, um, well, can Luana, that is, use her range 
to be effective and, and keep Julisha at bay. Because if she gets a hold of her, I mean, again, it's, it might be over. So I think this is going to be a fun stylistic matchup. We're going to see some fun chess, chess matches going on here. It's going to be a little bit of a puzzle. Um, but I do think, man, I, I'm leaning the favorite here in Julesia. I think she, just because of that submission background, that pedigree, I think she'll find a way to get it done. And Because I, I, I just don't think Luanda will find a way to you know, knock her out on the feet. I would be a little surprised by that. She has two knockouts on her out of her nine wins. So unless she's going to be able to pepper her all night and keep her at bay for 15 minutes, I just think Julie's will find a way to get another submission to her belt. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I just think Julia's she's going to be too strong for her. And I think the submission threat is going to be there all fight long, all night long. So um, jumping into the next one, we have one that I'm actually pretty excited about. We got Lee Jung Young coming in against Blake Builder. Man, this is, yeah, like I said, this is one that I'm pretty damn excited about. Um, our homie Ian, I'm pretty sure, trains with Blake Builder. Um, but before I give my breakdown, Nano, do you have a pick in this one? Are you, are you leaning either which way? Oh, man, I did not know that. Now I feel like I'm going against the hometown kid here and Blake Bob the Builder, but because um, I'm leaning Jiang Leong Lee for a couple of reasons, right? I mean, you look at that 10-1 record, you see the four knockouts, you see that he's on a three-fight win streak coming in with two of those three finishes uh, coming, excuse me, two of those three fights coming uh, with a finish. The man looks good, man. He's got some really strong hands. He's really athletic. He looks... Looks like a dog out there, right? And, he, and he's just in his prime at 28 years old. Uh, man, I mean, Blake the Builder, 2-1 and one since his Dana White Contender Series back in August of 2022. Uh, and I know he wants to get that bad taste out of his mouth from his last loss back in June of this past year, 2023. But this is not a good matchup. This is not a, an easy task. This is not a, a walk in the park. This is not an easy Sunday morning, okay? This is... Dude, that means vengeance. This is a, a fighter that is looking to make a name for himself as a fighter coming out of South Korea. Uh, he's somebody. Uh, I'm not going to bet against the young kid here. So I am going Jiong Yeong Lee to find a W, baby. What's your thoughts, brother? And uh, how do you think he gets it done? Oh, Blake's a shifty, shifty guy, right? I mean, he only has that one loss, so I, I don't think he's going to go out of there. He's not going to get finished, I'll tell you that much. Although, you know, uh, Mr. Lee has made a habit of doing that to his previous opponents. Um, Blake's a he's a tough dude, and this is going to be a really tough outing for him. He may even win a round due to his takedown prowess, due to his ability to just be a pro, stay in the pocket. Um, take the shots, but get his app as well. So we'll find out if Jung Leung Lee can actually take those strikes and and respond. But but I think he will. I think we'll find a way to get it done. Wouldn't be surprised if Blake wins that first round, and then maybe you know Jung Lee, I'll say Mister Lee takes over in those last two. But I'm not gonna sit here and say he's gonna get knocked out because that's that'd be disrespectful. I don't think it's gonna happen. What are your thoughts, brother? That's fair. I, th- I think that's a fair breakdown. Um, <clears throat> you know me. I, I always love to go for a dog in a fight here. Uh, so I'm probably going to end up going with Blake Builder, El Animal. Why? 
because his only loss in the in, in mixed martial arts in general came from Kyle Nelson. Now I know Kyle Nelson is not a household name, but the monster Kyle Nelson has been in the UFC since 2018. Um, he actually fought on the undercard of Holloway versus Ortega back in 2018. So he's been with the promotion for some time. He's faced a number of gentlemen, your Billy Cornelos, your Jai Black Country Banger Herberts, um, Fernando Padilla. He was supposed to fight Duho Choi. Or no, he did fight Duho Choi. He actually fought him to a fucking draw. So um, yeah, come on, folks. If he can hold the Korean Superboy to a draw, probably not someone to really uh, be super upset if you lose to. That being said, Blake Builder is a stunning individual when it comes on the mats. Um, typically able to control most of his opponents. I think he should be able to do that with uh, Young Jung Yun Lee because his only loss came from decision. Uh, and, you know, it, it was a while back. It was Road FC back in 2017. So, again, um, it's been a while since he's tasted loss. He also hasn't really fought a ton of big names. He was uh, on the road, road FC and then road to UFC. And then he's had the one fight night. He hasn't fought any big names. I'm pretty sure the guy he fought on the UFC fight night fight that he uh, was in was against another uh, fellow from the road to UFC, like kind of fight promotion setup. So, he hasn't really been tested. Meanwhile, Blake Builder, El Animal. I mean, the guy won via rear naked choke in, in the very first round to get into the UFC over Alex Morgan. And then he fought Shane Young at his first fight in the UFC. Um, I mean, Shane Young is definitely on a, a little bit of a skid right now, but he's also a hell of a fighter. So, and he's a hell of a fighter with a hell of a long career, in my opinion. So, I just think that Blake Fielder has been tested a little bit more. He has kind of been through the fire uh, a little bit more. And I think we're going to see that on Saturday night. Am I going to bet on him? I don't know. That's a close bet, too. You're not getting the best odds if if you really feel uh, that Blake does have a good chance at plus 125. And then Leong Lee at minus 150. It's a lot of close matchups, y'all. So I think even Vegas knows that it's not a it's not an easy pick. It's not an automatic, right? This is something that can easily go either side of the of the coin here. Yes, yes, it is. Um, this next one, though, this next one though, is a is a very funny fight, in my opinion. I hate to use that as the word for it, but you know it is what it is. So we're just gonna call it what it is. It is a funny fight. We got uh, Themba Grimbo coming in against Pete Rodriguez. Good old sneaky Pete. Um, the, the reason I say this is a funny fight is because, I don't know, Have you? do, do you remember watching Pete Rodriguez fight in the past? I had to refresh my memory a little bit. He did, uh, I recall that Jack Della Maddalena fight, which I don't know if you find that one to be funny or if that's where... Yeah, man, that's, yeah, Jackie Three Names, the Jackie Three Names fight. So, uh, you know, Boy. Sneaky Pete, the reason I call him Sneaky Pete instead of his actual nickname, Dead Game, is because uh, he is sneaky. He's very sneaky. Now, th the guy has not had a fight ever go by way of submission. He's also never had a fight go by way of decision. 
he either wins or loses by knockout. That's simply how he does it. Um, and that that's that's the game he plays. He got knocked out in two minutes and fifty nine seconds in the Jack Della Maddalena fight. Um, he knocked out his very next opponent, Mike Jackson, in a minute and thirty three seconds. And before the Jack Della Maddalena fight, across his four fights combined, he fought for less than one round of mixed martial arts, folks. What in the actual fuck? Um, the guy literally goes out there and just throws haymakers like you owe him lunch money. Uh, so I mean, it's wild. Um, that being said, he's a pretty heavy dog here, folks. Uh, a lot of people think he doesn't really have a, a lot of a chance against Themba Garimbo. And the reason is Themba, the answer, Garimbo is a, he's a stud, right? He definitely has more losses on his record, uh, four losses instead of the one, right? But he also has more fights. He has twice as many fights, at least. So coming in at 11 and four, he has six submissions, one knockout and four decisions. He's a bit of a grinder. So literally the opposite of his opponent. If this fight gets past the first four minutes, every single second after that, it's just going to be leaning in the favor of Themba Garimbo. So, I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. Probably uh, take the crazy money odds on Pete Rodriguez first round knockout. Um, like, sprinkle a, a quarter of a unit on that. And then, uh, otherwise, take Themba Garimbo to actually win it money line. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, the interesting stat that you, you look at when you look at Pete Rodriguez's fights and granted, there's only six of them, uh, but none of them have lasted longer than three minutes. So he has not seen a second round. He has not seen majority of a first round. I'm quickly looking at the under. It's a minus 145. I might slam that minus uh, that under one and a half at minus 145. If you truly think that Pete Rodriguez is going to find a way to get, get it done. If you do not, if you think Themba's going to get it done, ladies and gents, you better run. And I do not mean walk. I mean run and slam the over at plus 114 odds. Get that as soon as possible because if you think it's going to last till the second round, probably means Themba's piecing them up, grinding them out, making it a meat potatoes fight as uh, my good friend here, Olin, so kindly painted there. I'm in my anomaly style. Um, I get, I like the dogs though. I'm gonna go Pete Rodriguez here. I think he's a find a way to get it done. Maybe just because I want to be contrarian here, but I have to slam that under as well because if he does, it's gonna be in the first round, the first couple minutes. Don't change the channel, y'all. It's gonna be quick. And I'm gonna tell Sad just that he goes out there and I mean leaves it all out on the table. I mean he's gonna either land or or get put away. So I'm just gonna. Go big, go green. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, it's tough, dude. I I feel like it's just hard to bet on a Pete Rodriguez fight in general because the guy is kind of an MMA anomaly, right? Like he he's either gonna finish you in the first minute or get finished in the next three. Um, so yeah, uh, I I gun to my head. I like I like P. Rodriguez in this fight. I like P. Rodriguez. I like it. I like it. That's how um, you gotta gamble. That's how you gotta think about it. <laughs> yeah. Act and, and as I if mean, your life depended on it. 
And folks, I, I got to tell you, I, I was the reason I don't know if you saw me typing there off to the side. I apologize for the distraction. Uh, but I just I simply had to get the number here um, of how long Pete Rodriguez's professional mixed martial arts career has been thus far. Um, the man has fought for nine minutes and 41 seconds. Professionally. Sheesh. He has fought for nine minutes and 41 seconds professionally. <laughs> and he has had six fights. That is less than two minutes per fight. So, um, ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, that's one you definitely, as Nano said, don't want to change the dial for. Definitely has fireworks written all over it. Um, I got dead game in it, P. Rodriguez. But that's just my heart. Uh, betting statistically, I'm going to take Themba Guerrero in this one, folks. Um, I just think he's going to be able to grind him out. Uh, and cook him to the bone, as as our guy Bryce Mitchell likes to say. Now, this next one, goodness gracious me. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because I have I have thoughts. And I'm going <laughs> to ask you, after I let you give your breakdown, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I like it. I like it. Moving on up here on the pecking order, we got Azat Maxim versus Charles Johnson, y'all. This is a good one. I know they're not household names, but let me explain why. Okay, we got Azat Maxim, 28 years old, 17 and 0. Five KOs, seven submissions under his belt. He won his USA de- debut, obviously. He is undefeated, no losses, uh, back in July of 2023. And the man is just impressive, man. He's able to do it everywhere he needs it to be done, whether it's on his feet, whether it's... Um, Using his kickboxing, whether it's you know using the grappling, the dude is extremely well rounded and extremely busy and active when he's out there in the octagon. He's looking to get uh, you out of there, find out that southpaw stance, which I love right now. Um, and he's looking to take you down. He's looking to chain wrestle and just grind it out. And he's going to have a tough matchup in front of him with the Charles Johnson, thirty three years old, thirteen and six with six KOs and three submissions. Dude's extremely active, but unfortunately, man, he is icy cold right now on a bad losing streak of three losses in a row. He desperately needs a win here, ladies and gentlemen, but the UFC did not cut him any favors. Okay, this guy, uh, Azad, is an absolute menace. He's somebody that means nothing but just sheer violence and mean. (laughs) So I'm leaning um, Azad to keep his undefeated record, I think, no matter what, any way you slice it. To be 17-0 is extremely impressive. And frankly, I have to ask myself, is Charles Johnson the type of fighter to go out there and, and over overcome such an obstacle? And, and my thought is, you know, I'd love to see it. Charles Johnson would have to have, you know, his best night. He is well-rounded. Again, six KOs, three subs out of those 13 wins. But with three losses in a row, and, and yeah, it is a hungry junkyard dog that we're talking about here. I just... I can't bet against the undefeated guy who hasn't even sniffed defeat yet. So leaning Azad here, but curious to hear your thoughts, brother. Yeah, man, it's tough, dude. Uh, it's tough being Charles Energy Johnson because they just don't give this guy any easy matchups. Uh, I I almost feel like maybe like he pissed off Dana White or something because again, they just they don't give this guy any favorable matchups. Um, Muhammad Bakayev. Now this, as you stated so perfectly, I, I think that uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot more to add to this. If I'm being honest with you, 
I think Azad Maxim, uh, a.k.a. Kazakh, is going to come out there and probably get it done via grindy, windy decision. But I digress. That that makes me seem like I'm saying he's a one-dimensional fighter. The man is not a one-dimensional fighter. He actually has almost a 33.3 repeating percent finish ratio or uh, type of finish ratio for each outcome of fight style. So what I mean by that is he's had five decisions, six submissions, five KOs slash TKOs. So the man can basically get it done anywhere the fight goes, and he's never lost. So, uh, again... Gets one more KO, one more decision. He will have a pretty much 33.33 repeating percent of KO submission decision and be the epitome of a well-rounded fight. Uh, so I love fighters like this. I, I think that as much as I like a sneaky Pete, you know, where they're, they're flashy, crazy knockout, just rah, 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 throwing power. Um, I, I really, really appreciate these Azat Maxim style fighters that are going to go out there and have multiple paths to victory, whether the fight is in the first minute or the last five seconds. Uh, these guys are going to have the same energy about them. And uh, that was not a pun because I know Charles Johnson's nickname is energy. Um, shout out. I actually love his nickname. I think it's fantastic energy. Uh, so yeah, my pick is the same as yours, man. I don't have a whole lot more to sprinkle on this one. I think Azat Maxim gets it done. I think he's the stronger fighter. Um, and yeah, I mean, the the win over Tyson Nunn was just impressive as all hell to me. I thought it was very close. Uh, and I, I honestly think Nate Maness would have probably been a tougher match for him. And if he was training to beat that guy, Charles Johnson, I hope you packed a lunch, brother. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long one. Speaking of a long one, this next one is a really, really interesting and intriguing one. Uh, we got Molly the Meatball McCann coming in against Diana Belbida. Um, little warrior princess here, Diana Belbida. Uh, she's she's a fantastic fighter. Uh, Molly Meatball McCann had a lot of momentum that she built up with her, uh, you know, riding the coattails of. Batty the Batty, you know what I'm saying? But I digress. That that all came crashing to a very, very fast halt when she went up against the wrong folks, right? She went up against uh, Aaron Blanchfield. She went up against uh, Julia Solyarenko. Uh So Deanna Balbita definitely has chances and opportunities to win this fight. Biggest opportunities, in my opinion, are probably going to be her submission skills. Uh, she couldn't get it done over Car- uh, Carolina Kovalkovics. And there's reasons for that, right? There are levels to this game. And I think Carolina is just levels above, honestly, like both of these women. So that's why she got it done. Uh, she did, however, get a win over. Oh, let's see. Who did who did Diana Bobita beat that I remember? Uh, oh, Molly McCann. She has a win over Molly McCann. So I think that's probably important that this is a rematch. And a lot of people aren't thinking about that. Um so with that being said, going to definitely take Diana Belbita at plus 230 odds. Are you fucking kidding me? What am I, a joke to you? She's already she's already done it, folks. You you might be a joke because you're going to get roasted. Oh, no. no, I think I know. you I'm have kidding. it backwards. No, it's definitely backwards. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I know. I, I was just fucking around. Uh, she lost the unanimous decision. But 
all jokes aside, I think Dan Belbita actually uh, has a, a lot more of a chance at winning this fight than she did in the original matchup. Let me tell you why. Because if you look at what's happened since they actually fought, right? She had the loss to uh, Molly McCann, obviously. And then she lost to Carolina Kovalkiewicz. She also lost to Liana Jojua and uh, Gloria DePaula. That sucks. But she got wins over Maria Oliveira, who is a pretty damn game up-and-comer. Um, Spider Girl, because, you know, she she considers herself to fight kind of like Anderson Silva. Um, and she got a, a pretty damn solid decision win over her, a unanimous decision win over her. She also got a really solid little grindy win over Hannah Goldie. And, again, I just think that she has uh, shown more improvements since that fight. Again, if I'm being honest, I think since beating her, Molly McCann hasn't really shown any vast improvements. Um, she has the spinning back elbow, which she's starting to spam like a video game character. Um, so Molly McCann has the power here, but I think Diana Belbita has the gas tank. And I know that that's kind of an oxymoron because the last time they fought, it was a decision. It was a unanimous decision. And, uh, you know, Molly the meatball got the win, but I don't know, dude. I feel like you're going to go against me on this one. Ah, it's a toss-up, right? I mean, it's Molly Meatball McCann outside of the name, outside of, you know, maybe being you're a Patty the Batty fan. You love meatballs? <laughs> what are you, what are you, Gabagoo? What are you fucking, what are you fucking, where's the fucking Gabagoo? <laughs> she doesn't give me a lot of faith, right? I mean, she is coming off back-to-back losses. So, you know, outside of using that name and, and riding the coattails, she really has to step up here. She has to hold her end of the bargain. And it feels like she's always one win away from being back in the conversation. And, and this is how you do it, I suppose, right? If you're the UFC, maybe you see it as a, a way for her to get another win over the warrior princess, Diana Belbita. You know, the strawweight division's not necessarily oozing of new up-and-comers. So this is a good way for their um, you know, pass to cross again. Um, but Diana, the warrior princess, man, I mean, two and four since entering the UFC back in 2019, she's got a lot to fight for. I know that much. Now it's just who has a stronger why, who's going to be able to dig a little bit deeper. And it does feel like Diana, although, you know, her, her, like, uh, jujitsu game, her, her submission game, uh, although I do feel like it is superior, she does also have five KOs, which, you know, is solid. Like, she can definitely piece it all together, but, it's, you gotta have a feeling that Molly just has her number, right? That maybe Molly Meatball just has a way to out, phys- uh, just be more physical with her. Uh, you do hear a lot of news right now that Molly's looking really lean, looking really mean. I think that's a good sign if she's coming in really good shape. Um, means she's taking it serious. Means she's motivated. So we might really see a new evolved version here of Molly Meatball McCann. She might be a now an Italian sub. Not just a single little meatball. She might be a meatball sub now, brother. Come on. Molly the meatball marinara? Let's get it. Meatball marinara, baby. Come on. Meatball marinara, Molly. <laughs> Let's get it. Love to see it. Um, I'm here for it, man. Definitely not mad about it. Definitely not I know that. I know that. Uh, yeah, man. I'm definitely not mad about it. Now, in this next one, we got Mr. Tough himself talking about Gilbert 
Arbina, the RGV bad boy himself, coming in against Charles Chuck Buffalo. Ratchke. Now, Chuck Buffalo is who I'm betting on just because that's his nickname. On to you, Nana. That's my breakdown. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I do love the nickname Chuck Buffalo. I don't, I don't know what it even means, but fuck. Big fan. Big fan. Chuck Buffalo. Um, now, in this fight, we've got 7-2 versus 8-3. and three. Very close odds, right? You got a uh, minus 165 slight favorite in Gilbert Urbina coming in against a plus 145 slight dog. And Chuck Buffalo himself fighting out of Salem, Wisconsin, the United States. Uh, 27-year-old coming in against 33-year-old. A little bit of a height difference here, though. We got a 6-3 for Gilbert Urbina. He carries the weight very well. Long and lanky fellow coming in against 5-9. I mean, that's a a slightly larger height difference than you and me, which, man, I hate that for that guy. That sucks. Uh, So... That being said, you know, there's also going to be a little bit of a reach disadvantage here for him. So Chuck Buffalo is giving up a three-inch reach advantage. Fighting out of MMA Masters, you know what that means. He probably is a big MAGA guy. I'm just kidding. But he does train with Colby Covington. Um, And, and, you know, across from him, you got Gilbert Urbana, who's training out a BMF ranch with Cowboy Cerrone. So uh, it should be a really, really fun fight, right? These guys are both fighting with, honestly, like, banger teams uh, that are on the up and up. So I'd look to see what these guys bring to the table early in the fight. Um, Just kind of digging into their records and what they've done thus far. Again, Gilbert Urbina competed on the ultimate fighter. Um, He also competed in LFA. Guy's a beast, right? Uh, He ended up getting, uh, you know, into the UFC even though he did not win the Ultimate Fighter, he made it to the final against who was a Brian Battle, and uh, they gave him another chance. He came in there against uh, Orion Coach and got the front kick to the body, knocked him out with that in the second round, less than three minutes in. So he's already made kind of a showing for himself. Across from him, Mr. Chuck Buffalo uh, came in there, and I mean. The guy had the one win in the UFC over Mike Matheda. He looked really good. It was a unanimous decision. To be completely honest, the thing that's more impressive than his win in the UFC or even having a win in the UFC is the fact that he has a canceled belt. I don't care that it didn't happen. I care that it was scheduled. I care that he signed the contract, folks. He had a scheduled belt. And again, even though it was only grappling, still, he had a scheduled belt against fucking Joe Pfeiffer. Guy who hits harder than Francis Ngannou. So I mean, I feel like this guy, this guy Charles Radke, he's he's tough, man. Chuck Buffalo. I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about Gilbert Urbina. We've seen him struggle with folks like Sean Brady, Trayshawn Gore, Brian Battle, people that are able to go out there and grind him out with that decision. And I mean, that's the kind of style that Charles Charles Radke brings, but he also has knockout power. boy that's a good breakdown brother you you made it crystal clear man and we do got two dogs going in here and you can make a case for both of them and you kind of did right i mean when you look at gilbert urbina 
you're seeing a junkyard dog, right? 27 years old, seven and two. He is one and one in the UFC, but both fights did not need the judges' scorecards. They were not called upon for that fight, ladies and gentlemen. So we can expect violence, and we can expect somebody getting laid the f out when he's in the octagon. Uh, and you did mention his days back in LFA. Well, he did headline LFA 49 back in 2018, where he lost to a very talented Sean Brady at the time. So this guy's been in there with some of the good of the good, some of the best of the best, I'd like to say, in that division. And the dude has skills, man. Dude has skills, and he's a problem, right? At 6'3", I mean, to be able to use that kind of frame, can he do it the right way? Can he stay on the outside? And can he keep this pit bull, this bulldog of a of a human being and Charlie Ratke um, at eight and three, three KOs, two subs. He's well-rounded, but he's very strong. And again, he may have a few inches at a disadvantage there when it comes to the reach, but have no fear. You know, it's not always about the the length of the reach. It's about the motion in the ocean, right? That's a, you know, it's a age old tale that uh, we all know. And I believe it to be true. Uh, and then Charlie, you know, he won his UFC debut back in September of 2023 so my big question is, is he UFC caliber? Can he pass a litmus test in being Gilbert Urbina? Until then, I'm going to lean Gilbert just because I've seen it. You know, he he, he brought Brian Battle, a, a tough battle, brother. That was more of a war out there, okay? So I, I just think this guy Gilbert has that that dog in him. I, and, I, and I think Charlie, until proven, I'm innocent until proven guilty, right? Until proven otherwise. If Charlie comes out there and does what he needs to do, I mean, hey. Earns all my respect, and then I'll probably never bet against him again. But I'm going to lean the UFC veteran here. and, and get... Lean and Gilbert. Oh, oh I think I, a little premature. <laughs> Gil, lean and Gilbert on this one. <laughs> Sorry for the suspense. <laughs> suspense. <laughs> Cut off. All right, so you're, you're leaning Gilbert. Um, man. <sighs> I'm not even mad at it. I'm not even mad about it. Uh, but I, I do have to backtrack just a, a wee a wee bit here. The Molly McCann versus Dana Belbita actually has pretty solid under odds. Plus 200 on the under 2.5 on that. You got to think Molly McCann's going to try and empty the gas tank early, thinking that she's uh, got that extra added boost of confidence having a win over her already. And Belbita's probably going to look to get a submission early. In this. So, uh, I don't know if the Vegas odds folks are just trying to fuck with me here, but it's working. It's working. Leaning towards it. I like that plus 200 odds on that. Um, and in this one, I, I think, you know, Gilbert Urbina is a is a beast, but I think I'm leaning Charles Chuck Buffalo Ratchke. I, I just, uh, I mean, I know, I know your guy put on that battle over battle. It was, it was a battle with a battle, you know, uh, battle squared. And it was an exciting one. And I don't, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even think he was supposed to be there. I think it was another person that was supposed to be uh, going against Brian Battle and he got injured or something. I could be wrong, but I remember there was like something like that that season. Uh, some controversy, perhaps. Some controversy. <laughs> and Gilbert Abena stepped up to the death. To the death. Y'all and I do declare. <laughs> I do declare. To a cage and fight a man named Battle. <laughs> and that it will, uh, and that it shall be. That that it shall be. So yeah, man, I uh, I am leaning towards him. I'm leaning towards him. So moving into the next fight, we have 
You know what? I'm going to do it to him again. How do you say these names, Nano? Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, ladies and gents. This, this one is tough. This one is tough. It has a few obstacles, but we're going to try it. Aliyah Skab Kizriev versus Mahmoud Muradov. Not bad. Not fucking bad. Not fucking bad, <laughs> my guy. Let's go. Fantastic. Aliyah Kizrev and Mohamed Muradov. So, I mean, Muradov versus Kizrev. I mean, it, it's it's two crazy good fighters, you know, two crazy good grapplers. I think uh, Kizrev is obviously a little bit less experienced, right? Coming in at 14 and 0, even though he's undefeated. Um, he is less experienced. That's not his fault. He's had a number of canceled bouts. He's had scheduled bouts against Wellington Terman, Kyle Daukas, Alessio DeChirico, Avis Magomedov, and Jacob Malkoon that have all been canceled um, in the last two years. So, again, that's that's not on him. That has all happened since his win in the Contender Series over Henrik Shigemoto. And... Um, when he did finally get an actual fight in the UFC, he finished that guy in less than two rounds. He finished him a minute and 58 seconds into round two, and that was Dennis Tayulian. Um, I think this is going to be a really tough night at the office for Mahmed Muradov, a.k.a. Mach, or maybe it's Mach. Um, either way, I mean, this guy has lost before, right? He has lost four times by submission. He's lost three times by decision. And... That shows weaknesses in his game. Those are the types of weaknesses that somebody like a Kizreev are definitely going to look for. The guy's nickname is the fucking Black Wolf. Okay, like if you don't think he's coming in there to eat your heart, he's coming in there to eat your heart, kids. Uh, I have the Black Wolf in this one. I feel like it's uh, kind of up in the air, like it really could go either way. But Mohamed Muradov is a good fighter, but he's not a great fighter, right? Um, that that win that he had over Brian Barbarena was solid, but Brian Barbarena is willing to go out there and just slug with you, whereas this Kizriev guy doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to go out there and fight a dumb fight. Um, no no offense to Brian Battle, uh, or sorry, to Brian Barbarena. I'm actually a big fan of his because of the way he fights, right? But when you fight like Barbaric, like him and Robbie Lawler and people like that, others are going to take advantage of that. If they're not willing to die on their shield, they're going to fight smart, point fight you outwit you and end up getting a decision win uh very much in the same way that uh Mahmed Muradov was able to over Brian Barbarina but when he's fought people like Gerald Mearshart who aren't worried about putting on a you know crazy exciting fight they're looking for openings they find openings like that Renee Choke he got in round two or Kyle Barrio who um you know ended up getting unanimous decision win over him so I think Ali Eskab, Kizrev, the Black Wolf gets it done. Nano, who you got? I like it, brother. I like it. No need to beat the same dead horse here, but I am going to lean with, with Ali Skab Kizrev as well. Um, the dude just looks like an absolute savage. I mean, maybe first and foremost, we need to lead off with one, he's undefeated, but two, he's from Dagestan, y'all. He's a, the next Dagestani great. Uh, 
And the dude reminds me a lot of a Magomed Ankalaev in a lot of ways. He fights out of that southpaw stance. He has those tough, strong whipping leg kicks any way you want it. He's got it. Um, and he's 2-0 and since entering the UFC. Obviously, he's undefeated. Uh, but, man, he's going up against a tough, tough battle against Mahmoud uh, Muradov here at 33 years old, 26-8 and eight record with 17 KOs and three subs. 17 KOs, y'all. The dude's a finisher. He's a punisher in this division. And uh, Ali Scott's going to have his work cut out for him. But I do think he has all the tools, the tenacity, and he's got that grit. He's got that dog in him to find a way to get it done. (sighs) Love that. Love that. You know we love a good dog on this podcast, folks. With that being said, we are are moving right on along uh, to probably... Oh man, I think this might be my favorite fight on the whole card. Oh, uh, yeah. If if not my favorite fight on the whole card, at least my second favorite fight on the card. Uh, so you know we're talking about Viviana Ararujo coming in against Natalia Silva. Now, I'm a huge, huge fan of both of these women. Um, I've been a fan. I, I've been on the uh, Viviana Ararujo train for quite some time now. When it comes to Natalia Silva. I just now heard of this girl whenever she made her UFC debut very recently. Um, and since then, boy, have I been a follower. Boy, have I been a fan. And my, oh, my, I, I just, I can't wait to see what she does next. Like, this woman is so talented. She's only 26 years of age. She is just so fast. The legs constantly twitching. Very, very, very much a Taekwondo-style fighting. Um, bouncing in and out on the lead leg. Constantly bouncing that lead leg, throwing kicks in many, many different positions, um, able to land kicks to the body, and then very quickly switch them to the legs, to the head, constantly leaving you guessing and on your toes, and quite frankly, staying on her own toes, right? I don't think I've seen the balls of her uh, feet hit the the mat in any of her fights. Like, she's so fucking just on the tips of her toes constantly. Uh, like a cross between Muay Thai and Taekwondo. I love to watch her fight. I do think that this is going to be the biggest test in her UFC career uh, or in her MMA career thus far. But Vivian Araujo is 37 years of age now. She has looked a little bit slower in her last couple of fights. And I think the gas tank might prove to be an issue, especially when you have somebody like Natalia Silva that is going to be going to the body. She's going to be going up top. She's also going to be going down low. She's going to chop the tree. She's going to go to the body again. I mean, she, she, she goes everywhere. She's going to poke you. She's going to prod you. And that's the best thing about her kicks. She'll teep you. She'll push kick you. She'll roundhouse kick you. She'll spinning back kick you. She'll spinning back wheel kick you. Like there's so many different variations of kicks that she will throw at you. Oh, and by the way, I haven't even talked about her punches. She's also a hell of a boxer. So I I truly just think that this is going to be one of those matches where it's going to feel like her opponent Vivian Araujo is fighting uh, uphill the entire time. So heart goes out to Viviani, but I'm definitely excited for this fight. I don't think it's one-sided at all. I think, again, Viviana Araujo is going to prove to be the toughest matchup thus far for Natalia Silva, but I just think Natalia Silva might have all of the answers on Saturday night. I agree. I think she has a study guide. I think she wrote the test. I think she's going to have all the answers. I think this is going to be a really fun fight, though, like you mentioned. Potential fight of the night. 
And uh, as I like to say, a lot of implications here on this fight, ladies and gents. Uh, we got Vivi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 37 years old. That's the one thing that scares me here going in against a, a 26-year-old Natalia Silva. Just, unfortunately, on two different ends of their career. Although Vivi is coming off a strong victory over Jennifer Maya most recently. But prior to that, y'all, she had tough back-to-back losses against top talents. We got to admit and Amanda Hebus, uh, which is starting to age really well, uh, and even to the champion, Alexa Grosso. So this is going to be a big test for not only Vivian, but also for Natalia here, uh, because the winner is obviously going to be in the conversation for that next uh, title contender, somebody that is on that short list of obvious people. And I do think that Natalia Silva can make a huge, huge statement here. Uh, again, if she can... You know, stick to her guns. You know, she's currently on a four fight win streak here in the UFC and she's only getting better. She has to stay smart, has to stay locked in. And the one thing I don't like with some of that Taekwondo style kicking and, and stance is that she does keep, uh, tend to keep her hands a bit lower than I'd like. You know, I'm more of a boxing guy. I do like to kind of see that high guard like we talk about or like we like to drill even just in our personal life. So. You know, although I, I do love to see the veracity and the variety of different kicks she can display, sometimes, man, she leaves her, her chin exposed. And uh, Vivian Arujo, at I don't care what age, she's strong and she can find their way to that chin. And she's going to have a few inches reach advantage as well. So is she going to be able to use that? That's going to be the question, at least concern on my end here. But still slamming my girl Natalia Silver because I think she's the truth. And I think her time is now. She has arrived. 100% cannot disagree with that, man. Natalia Silva, I think, is definitely the truth. Um, and she's just so fun, man. She's so energetic. She's got such a fun personality. And her fight style is exactly like her personality. Just seemingly never-ending energy. Um, I just I love, I love everything about this fighter. Uh, moving into the next one, guys. We got Randy Rude Boy Brown, Mr. Touch and Go himself, coming in there against Muslim Salikov. Uh, shout out Randy Rootboy Brown. He actually stopped by the podcast uh, recently and was uh, one of the live viewers in the chat. You love to see it, baby. So um, this is definitely a really, really fun one. Nano, I'm going to let you break this one down first. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> I'm excited to break down Randy Rootboy Brown, our boy, a staple in, in the uh, military division. And just a fan favorite of ours. Obviously, he allowed us a platform to go in and and be a uh, one with the people to chat with us, to compliment our setup. And he's a fan of the MMA Anomaly show as well. And that's probably because he's his own MMA Anomaly, y'all. Uh, he's the definition of it. 33 years old, 17 and 5 records, 6 KOs, 5 submissions. Dude is an absolute dog. And Randy Rudeboy Brown has been fighting on the UFC since 2016. As those dogs are barking there, man. That's a long time, y'all. And in that time, he's been very, very active, y'all. He's been able to earn an 11-5 record. And you know what? Those five lessons, man, are from some of the best who ever square off in the division. I'm talking about those of the likes of a Bilal, remember the name, Muhammad. Aniko Price, a legend in the division. Vincente Luque, a dude that's an absolute beast in the top 10 currently. And then Jack De La Madalena, of course, which... You know, unfortunately, Randy, that was a tough lesson. But hey, you know what? You're a tough son of a gun. And if anyone's going to be able to bounce back and be able to prove to the UFC and to the world and to himself that he's 
uh, learn from those mistakes. He's getting better every time he's in the octagon, and he's going to continue to use that momentum to move it forward. I think it's Randy Ruboy Brown. And there's no better time than now, right? At this stage in his life, at this stage in his career as a fighter, he's putting everything together. And I do think he has a chance to win some big fights here, get a couple uh, wins together here, and he can make a big push by the end of 2024. He could really be in the com- in the conversation for top 15, breakout fighter of the year. Sky's the limit for Randy Ruboy Brown. And he's all the tools that you need, right? He's got that length. He has the ability to strike. He has good defensive skills. He knows how to use the leg kicks and he knows how to be crafty or, or, or be a little bit of elusiveness when he needs to be right. He uses that length to, you know, his using his spacing and everything to perfection. Uh, and he's going to have to avoid the nukes in front of him, um, you know, with a must Muslim silly cove in front of him. That guy, 39 years old, a little bit of an older guy, but hey, those old, those old, old dogs still, still uh, maintain that uh, power. So. That dad strength is a real thing, y'all. Um, but 19 to 4, 13 KOs, two subs. He's really going to have one path to victory here. And, you know, Mussolini, I mean, his only losses are to talented fighters as a Jing Liang Li and a Nicholas Dalby. So at this stage in his career, he does still have that KO power, in my opinion. So Randy Rudeboy Brown, you know, I know you like to get a little excited in there. You like to kind of show off and boast at times. I think that's why we love you as well. Just stay dialed in. Make sure you're you're right outside of reach. Do not give this this uh, power puncher, uh, uh, you know, a direct path to your chin. Make sure you're rolling. Make sure you're you're staying just outside of reach. But remember to have fun in them, brother. And best of luck to you, man. Can't wait to see you perform. Uh, but excited to hear what uh, MMA Anomaly, aka Olin, has to say about you, brother. Let's go. Let's go, man. Love that breakdown for Randy Rude Boy Brown. Um, I'm a big fan of this guy, have been for some time. And when it comes to this matchup, it's no different, folks. Uh, and, and just backtracking a little bit on Nano's breakdown there, again, fantastic breakdown. Um, yeah, not not really a ton to add. But one thing I will add is, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the unfortunate loss to our guy, Jackie, three names, Jackie Della Maddalena. Um, But even though he lost that matchup, right, he looked really, really phenomenal up until the second that he lost. So, Unfortunately, this sport is one where it only takes one mistake or even half a mistake, and that's what happened in that matchup. But in this one, going in against the king of kung fu, this man has spinning back kicks galore. He's got really nice timing. His overhand is on point. We saw that knockout Nordine, the machine to Leb a long time ago. Um, again, I mean, th- this guy can get it done anywhere it goes. He can submit you. He can knock you out. He has a lot of power. As Nano stated, um, the man is 39 years of age, so he's he's not the youngest whippersnapper there in the game. Um, but as Nano also eloquently said, the last thing to go is power, folks. So that power is still there. He can knock out most people in front of him. So if Randy Ruboy Brown feels so inclined to stand in front of him and bang, or, or just stand and bang and, and let it become a uh, just just a grudge match kind of fight, I don't think I don't know that that bodes well for him. Because Muslim Selikov has a lot of knockout power. He has that one-shot power, and he can put it on you at any point in time. Now, in this one, I don't think he'll be able to put that on Rude Boy because Rude Boy's typically very slick with it, very elusive with the head movement. And um, I think he'll be able to stay outside of range, land his shots, pick his shots, uh, you know, very appropriately. The man has an eight-inch reach advantage here, folks. That's a significant 
reach advantage over Muslim Salikov. And that's why I have him getting it done. Um, I don't know if it'll be a decision or a knockout. If I had to guess, I'd say he probably gets a pretty dominant decision win on him just because Muslim is pretty hard to put away. Um, I think he's only actually been finished twice and that's uh, by submission. Oh, no, he has been finished one time by by knockout. But again, he's, he's a very, very tough guy to finish. Uh, Li Jingliang did get the, the knockout on him, it looks like, back in 2022. I don't know. Maybe he gets it done. But either way, I think Randy Ruboy Brown takes this one home, folks. He's got my bet. Um, I'm just looking forward to a good fight. Hell yeah. It's going to be a banger, y'all. Can't wait for it. Oh, man. And uh, with that being said, we got the co-main event of the evening, folks. Uh, Hinato Money Moicano coming in there against Drew Dober. Red Rover, Red Rover. Send Drew Dober on over. Ho, ho. Man. I'm uh, I'm pretty damn stoked for this one. This is probably, like when I was saying, the Viviana Araujo versus Natalia Silva was maybe my favorite fight. If not, it's my second favorite fight. It's because it's competing with this one, folks. This is the people's main event. Uh, we're going to do a shot to this one, folks. We're going to do a shot to the people. Let's go. Gas to. Gas to. Um, Drew Dober still one of the funniest interactions I've had with a fighter in person. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, met him at International Fight Week. And, um, God, what did I say? It was like a group of them. It was him. Uh, there was Chito Vera. Pedro Munoz, Ooh. Uh, people, people, right? It was dope as hell. And uh, I ended up being right next to him and I shook his hand and I was like, dude, you are such a badass individual. Like your chin is just inhuman. And he's like, hey, thanks, man. He shook my hand, fist bumped me. And he's like, I'm just trying to look badass next to you, you know? Hey. I was like, dude, what a fucking cool guy. Like, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, bro. You do, man. You do. That's really nice, dude. Um, he's he's genuinely like that nice guy in person. I love that shit. When you meet yeah, someone like best. that that looks that way and acts that way on, on TV, and you're like, oh, it's actually not a not an act. Like when Sage Northcutt said sir to me, I was like, you're fucking like this guy. Such a gentleman. Like, hey, okay. He's that guy. He's that guy that he is on TV. I love it. Cheers, brother. Cheers to this fight and cheers to great people. And she's a great YouTube accounts, man. Um, Renato Money Moicano has quite a presence on YouTube. He has some good videos. He's funny. I like I like hearing him. Oh, man. And he has Get some great... Oh, yeah. I was going to say his uh, post-fight speech with Joe Rogan. Joe, I love you. New York City. Give me my money. <laughs> Is that the one where he said he was eating steaks and drinking beers and shit? Yeah, I was drinking. I was eating steaks, drinking Virginia beers on my couch. I was, I was drinking beers, eating steaks on my couch. I take Dude. this fight on short notice. I need ranking, bro. It I is need great. Moicano needs money. Moicano needs money. That's what it is. Moicano oh. needs money. Dude, that's that guy's a fucking baller. I love. He's Moicano. a baller. I think he's fantastic. He's great TV. But Drew Dober. Oh, Drew Dober. Drew Dober. Drew Dober. Drew mother effing. This guy is the crimson chin, man. He's, he's got just a chin made of granite. Um, if you look up, what's crazy is if you look up the uh, the picks 
on Tempology.com for each one of these fights, okay? I think the closest one that I've seen so far, going across all of them, is 70-30 split. On, and this is user picks. And it's like out of over 1,000 each, okay? Looking at Hinato Moicano versus Drew Dober, 1,668 votes. And I shit you not, folks, it's at 50-50 right now at this exact moment. So out of 1,668 people that have voted on the outcomes of this fight, 50% of them think Moicano and 50% of them think Drew Dober. I don't think I've ever actually seen it land on exact 50-50% in my life. Virtually identical. <laughs> like, that's some fucking insane stuff, bro. So, I mean, that should tell you pretty much everything you need to know about this. And it's like, realistically, a lot of people are just thinking that this is going to end up being a knockout from Drew Dober, or it's going to be a uh, decision from Moicano. And it's hard to disagree with that, right? Like, it's really hard to disagree with that. But, um, at the same time, I'm still leaning towards my guy, Drew Dober, man. I feel like he's going to get it done. I feel like he's stronger, and uh, I just feel like he's very, very slick with his footwork, the way that he moves in and out. I feel like the way that he started piecing up Bobby Green is the way that he's going to piece up Money Moicano in this fight. He totally could, man. He totally could. I mean, Drew Dober has that dog in him. He has the great strike and pedigree. He has a chin, like you mentioned. Not only does it look sharp, but it has all the, you know, um, iron it needs to be able to take the punching necessary. But yeah, man, this is a fun fight, man. And, and I'm glad that these two gentlemen are getting the co-main slot here for this fight night. Because when you look at both of them, man, they've both been fighting in the UFC since 2014, 2013, y'all. 10, 11 years. That is absolutely badass. If you've ever turned on any fights at all, you've probably seen them on there. So I, I love seeing two absolute dogs going at it. Uh, nine and five for Renato in the UFC. And he's faced some of the best to ever do it, man. We're talking about a Jose Aldo, RDA, did lose to Rafael Faziv, Cub Swanson, Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Cater, Brian T. City, Ortega. Some big names, man. And like Renato said in his post fight, I only lose to the best. He's always willing to fight the best. And he's a cool dude, man. I love seeing him. And, and he's putting it all together right now. He's, he's fighting the best he's ever ever has and eh. drew dober's a tough test though right i mean it, it's so much like a facive right it, it's a southpaw with with a with tough tough son of a gun with the power to back it up right at 35 years old 27 and 12 record 14 ko six subs drew dober has fought everyone and anyone and since 2013 he's gone 13 8 and 1 that's extremely active uh within that time frame and he's faced the best as well, right? He's faced against a Islam Makachev, a Matt Fravola, Benil Dariush, and someone that's recently retired, but a Olivier um, Aubin Mercier, another stud. So I'm not that bad respect for these two legends, man, of the game. And really, really hard to pick one here, but I don't know if it's just recency bias. I don't know if it's just because of the YouTube presence, but I like what I'm seeing from Minato Moicano at this stage. Am I scared because of some of his previous shortcomings? Yes. I mean, Drew Dober is somebody that can put your lights out if he so chooses to. But Renato's got that ground game as well, man, that 
if he really wants, like he's he's gonna find a way to to get a submission. And if it goes there, right? If he gets hurt, if it goes into the ground, I mean, Drew Dober can knock him out by all means. He could send him into the shadow realm. But I'm gonna hope that Renato is just gonna stay poised. He's gonna avoid the nukes that uh you know Dober's gonna be throwing at him. And I think that Renato's gonna find a way to get it done. He's finally ranked. He's trending the right direction. Not that Drew Dober's not. They both truly are. This is. Big stakes, huge stakes, huge implications, I like to say around here. Man, can't wait to see what happens, but I'm leaning Renato Moicano, man. I'm going with my gut on this one. What are you thinking? I think a Drew Dober knockout round two. Um, okay, now. Yeah, just going to be oddly specific there. Um, came to me in a dream. No, uh, I, I feel like Drew Dober is going to get it done in the second round. Uh, though I really, really like Money Moicano, I do feel like he uh, he typically has a really good game plan when he comes in there. He usually fights at range, but when he has people that are able to suffocate him, he uh, typically has a problem finding his rhythm if he gets suffocated early on. I feel like Drew Dober is the type of guy that has that suffocating style and can definitely push you. Um, if he's able to do that early on and implement his pace against uh, Money Moicano, keep him up against the cage, keep him from being able to implement a lot of the grappling threat and, and onslaught. It, it's basically going to be our guy, Drew Dober's fight. Uh, so I'm going Drew Dober on this one. One of us will have to do a shot next week on the episode. Oh yeah. I mean, we're going to be doing some of us, one of us can be doing a few, maybe yeah. more than the other, but we got a few uh, that we're disagreeing on, which I like to see. Sometimes we're agreeing, but sometimes, you know, we see it other ways. So, that's good. Makes it interesting. It's all good in the hood. And with that being said, folks, we have arrived here uh, quite early, might I add, which is okay because I still have to pack for this trip. So uh, we have the co-main, or no, the main event of the evening. Jeez Louise. It's time! Already, folks. So we got Roman Delize coming in against Nasardin Imovov. That's a fun name. Um, and he's a fun fighter. 28 years old. Uh, on Nasruddin Imovov coming in against a 35-year-old Roman Delize, 6'2 versus 6'2 for their heights. Um, One-inch reach difference. The advantage goes to Roman Delize. If Mike Goldberg were commentating, he would say, everything is virtually identical. So, I mean, this is going to be a really, really fun matchup, guys. Um, the Russian sniper, Nasruddin Imovov, is someone that I've had my eyes on for years now. Um since he made his UFC debut all the way back in 2020 against Jordan Williams, I thought he looked really good in that decision win. Um, and then even though he got that loss to, to Phil Haas, Phil Haas was a stud. By the way, the only other person he's lost to is fucking Sean Strickland. So wins over Joaquin Buckley, Edmund Shabazian, Ian Heinish. The guy is a, is a phenomenal fighter. Now standing across from him, though, is no pushover in Roman Delize. Roman Delize is also a beast. Uh, he's somebody that's fought Jack Hermanson, Phil Hawes, Cal Dalkus. The difference is he has a win over Phil Hawes instead of a loss under Phil Hawes. Um, his only losses were from Trevin Five Star Giles and Marvin, the orc from Mordor Vittori. Um, those are not crazy names to have losses to, folks. Like Roman Delize is an absolute beast. I don't know if Vegas is disrespecting him by making him a plus 140 right now. But I'm also not going to bet on him, right? Uh, if I'm being honest, I'll probably stay away from this fight as far as betting goes just because these guys, 
both have the ability to cancel each other's skills out in very weird ways. Roman Delize has freakish power, and Nazarene Imabov has freakish aim and skill. So, on one side, you have accuracy, and on the other side, you have just, like, crazy power. I don't want to bet my hard-earned money on either of those two things when you pair them against each other, because... You know, this is the MMA anomaly show, and there's just too many anomalies in that fucking fight. Uh, you got a sniper against a bazooka. What are you gonna bet on? You know, um, for me, if if you put a gun to my head and I had to bet on this one, you know, I'm a big fan of power. But if you know anything about me, you know, I'm a bigger fan of accuracy, and I'm gonna go with the sniper on this one. Um, even though his opponent has more knockouts uh, to his name. I just think that Nasser Imovov is a little bit more well-rounded as a fighter. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he's an absolute beast. The guy was born in Dagestan, so you know he's got that Dagestani strength. Um, coming off of a loss, fresh off of a loss, uh, really hasn't fought since that loss. Um, or actually, it was a no contest that they had, uh, him and Chris Curtis. So he lost to Sean Strickland, and then directly after that, they feed him to Sean Strickland's training partner, Chris Curtis. The fuck, UFC. Um, and that was a clash of heads, no contest. So I got to think this guy's coming back scary with a vengeance. Um, and his opponent, same thing, right? Just coming off of a loss to Marvin Vittori. You got to think he wants to get some back. I'm going with the sniper on this one. I think the bazooka is going to gas himself out. And probably get grappled into the later rounds by Nasser Dinimov. What do you think, Nano? I like it, brother. I like the breakdown and I like the analogy there. And I agree with you. I, I think I'm gonna have to go with the sniper. I'm gonna have to go with the the guy that floats like a butterfly, but can also sting like a bee in uh in our boy Nasser Dim Imovov, the Frenchman from finding out of Paris. Uh twenty eight years old. He is gonna be seven years younger than the powerful Roman Delize. Um but with that in mind, I mean, like I mentioned, you know, Imavov, man, he, the way he moves, I mean, it's like an outcast song, man. I love the way he moves out there. It's it's slick. He's got really good footwork, and and he's fast. When he needs to get the the you know the punch to the uh, target, it's it's lands with purpose and it lands with accuracy, which is exactly what you want at this division when you're fighting at this caliber of opponents. You can't make mistakes, and if you can move like that, and the thing that I appreciate with Imovov that you, you have to go back and look at some of his old wins, but what he did to Shabazian and what he did to Joaquin Buckley, you see a little bit of that extra oomph behind him. He seemed a little irritated. He seemed like he had that chip on his shoulder. There's something about that that I, I appreciated. You know, having a little extra energy, saying, no, I'm not going to let you pick up your mouthpiece. I'm coming out here to beat your ass. It was, I, I like that, man. He has that little extra oomph behind him. But he does it while also fighting smart. And and if we let all things be considered here, I mean, the fact that he went five rounds with the Sean Strickland and, and, and it went to a decision, though it was unanimous, all of what you want. I mean, that's still impressive, right? To be able to go 25 with them and, and to not be put away tells me a lot. And that tells me he can stay within his, his game plan. He can avoid the nukes. He can be in and out of range like you've talked about. He needs to be smart. He needs to use that full work like he's been proven to be able to do. Um, debilitate Roman with some of the leg kicks like he likes to throw as well and get cooking. 
those inside leg kicks, the outside leg kicks, the rip in the body, the teeth kicks, like you mentioned. He's got a really good arsenal. And and at this stage of his career, 28 years old, I think he's still even getting a little bit better, right? Where someone like a Roman Delize, boy, oh boy, is he strong. And man, he had some powerful moments against Amarin Vittori. Honestly, I went back and rewatched it during my dinner time here earlier, and I could have swore I thought he might have won. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been surprised. Like it, it could have went either way. It was a split decision. So, yeah, he does have that capability, but it just it, it did feel like he kind of fades a little bit, you know. And and I think if he's going to have someone in front of him that's applying a little bit more pressure, that is a more active than Amarin Vittori. That's gonna, you know, if he has to fight backwards, that's gonna make him tire out even more. And if you're gonna be getting chipped at, chipped at, I mean, Imovov can put you out and he can submit you as well. Like where Marn Viteri doesn't provide that much of a threat in those departments. So, all things considered, it's gonna be a tough outing. I think when you look at the, you know, the styles, you know, the matchups, how things are gonna unfold. But anyway, you slice it, man. I think Imovov has a great pack to victory. He can get it done anywhere it needs to get done. And I think as long as he can avoid those tough power shots from a Roman Delize, he's not leaning into it, just doesn't get caught out of position. I do think with 25 minutes to work, I think he'll find a way to get it done. So give me Imovov. Probably by decision, just because Roman Delize is an absolute savage, and he's going to have to fight smart. He's not going to rush it. He's not going to try to get him out of there in the first round. You got to work. You got to use those first couple rounds to collect the data. And I think he'll be patient enough, but it'll probably be a decision. Maybe a little bit of a, a slow or a little bit more of a salt burn to reference the movie here. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a fun night, y'all. Make sure you tune in. How funny. Uh, yeah. Great, great, great movie reference, man. I feel like everybody has been watching that movie lately. It's it's buzzing, so I had to reference it any way I could. <laughs> it is, it is uh, a good movie. It's interesting. I don't want to say it's it's good. It's different. It's different. <laughs> it's intriguing. I don't want to say it's good. I'll just say it's interesting. Different. <laughs> different movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's... um. Sounds, sounds different. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, but again, everybody is talking about it. So I'll, I'll probably have to check it out, I guess, at some point. Uh, but until I do, thank you for making the references to make us seem cool and hip with the the young crowd that has actually watched. Trying. <laughs> Trying to stay up with the times. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. Um, I, I'm in the same here. I, I feel like we've got to go with the sniper. Right? The sniper's the man to go with. Um, I just think he's the smarter pick. He's more consistent overall. He's more well-rounded as a fighter. And and that's realistically why I'm leaning towards him for the most part. Now, as far as the, the kind of betting aspect goes, um, not doing anything super crazy this week. Honestly, last two fight cards were pretty brutal on the bets. So hold off until we really, really feel like we believe in something here. But... Had to sprinkle a little four four pick parlay. So my four pick parlay is going to be Thimba Grimbo coming in to take out Sneaky Pete Rodriguez. The one I'm most worried about in the weirdest way, even though he's a minus two forty five here. Um, Natalia Silva coming in at a minus three forty five. These are all money lines, by the way, folks. Uh, we got Randy Rude Boy Brown coming in over Muslim Salikov at minus two thirty eight, 
And then we got Drew Dober coming in at plus 130, which those odds have already shifted to plus 140 just today. Um, it just went up another five while we were recording. Uh, so, yeah, we got him at plus 130 last night. Maybe should have held off. I don't know. Uh, but either way, that is, let's see. One unit to win just about six. Uh, so we'll take it. That'll that'll bounce us back quite a bit. And then other than that, um, oh boy, do I want to do I want to sprinkle anything on there? Maybe a half a uni. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. You know what I'm saying? When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Uh, I think I am gonna just sprinkle a half unit. On the under 2.5 for Molly McCann versus Diana Belbita. Mm. Um, I feel like both these women are going to go out there looking to almost be fighting for a job here. And uh, they're going to look to finish each other. Even though they're not prolific finishers, I think they both leave openings for finishes to happen. And that means they can finish one another. So give me a half unit on the under on that fight and uh, that, that four fight parlay. And other than that, I'll probably call it a day. You know, like you said, it, you know, it's it's been off to a slow start this year, but more importantly, I think getting a caution on the side of, uh, you know, side of the, s- s- what am I trying to say? Airing on the side of caution. <laughs> that's that's that how you know. So much. <laughs> that's perfectly timed. My goodness. Uh, but no, honestly, I mean, I love Rude Boy Randy Brown. I think it definitely would slam that. You're not getting the best odds. Maybe a parlay that with the uh, Natalia Silva. Again, not the best odds. So you you know smush them both together there. Um, but it's a lot of tight odds, yo. So maybe some of those over and unders would be good to look at. Like we broke it down. Some of these fighters haven't even seen a second round yet, like a Pete Rodriguez. So that under 1.5 um, would be another one I'd potentially slam as well. But it's a tough one, y'all. Like, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. Like, if any guru is making guarantees out there, I'd second guess it because it's some tight lines for a reason, y'all. So some good competitive fights this fight night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very competitive ones here, folks. Uh, I mean, even even the under 1.5 on P. Rodriguez, Timba Garimbo is a pretty crazy odds like minus 145 on that that's a crazy favorite um for under one and a half sheesh they they know they know they know they know those, those guys are gonna go out there and one of them's gonna get finished so that's it for this week guys um that being said i will be traveling uh for the rest of the week so there will not be a second episode which is why we are doing the breakdown episode now um definitely look forward to seeing you guys next week where we will be back with two episodes um Kind of back to the normal the normal schedule there, hopefully Monday, Wednesday. So on the Monday episode, we will be doing our reactions to Delize versus Imovov card, or aka UFC Vegas 85. Uh, and then on the Wednesday episode, we will be doing our breakdown for Jack the Joker Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer, Mr. B. Joe Pfeiffer. And we got fucking Andre Touchy Philly stepping up on short notice against Dan 50K Ige in the co-main event. I mean, just... Fireworks written all over this one, folks. Um, and as as Nano says, these fights have implications. So you should definitely be watching them. Um, another thing you should definitely be doing is making sure that you have hit the like, comment, subscribe, um, 
and make sure you hit the bell for notifications. Smash that bell for notifications, folks. And uh, as we like to say here, until the next time, keep on going and keep on growing. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.